Hey guys, welcome back to How to Be a Better Person. Wow, it's been a minute. <laughs> I hope everyone out there is hanging in there and starting to feel a sense of normalcy in their new daily routines. I would love to hear from you guys if you've implemented any of the techniques I've talked about from the last couple episodes. So um, if you've been practicing meditation or you've had anything come up from the journaling activities, don't hesitate to shoot me an email or a DM and let me know how that's going for you. Um, before we get started, I just want to give you guys a quick update on how things are going for me over here before we get into our topic for this episode, which is going to be on neuroplasticity and how to rewire your brain through neuro-linguistic programming. If you have no idea what I just said, that's totally fine. Bear with me. I will teach you all about it in a second. Um, so in other news, as far as school goes, I did just finish the semester out last week. Um, with a major final exam. Thankfully, I got an A on that. Uh, I was definitely stressing a little bit with the transition from in-person classes to doing everything online. So that's part of the reason for my absence on the podcast arena. Um, I personally found that a little overwhelming, uh, but now that's behind me. And thankfully, I can just kind of take the summer to focus on Bright Soul. Uh, I did have a lot of people reach out to me on what it is that I'm currently working towards and how that affects the podcasting schedule and what the vision really is here, right? So I kind of just wanted to speak on that because obviously um, I truly appreciate everyone's support and I just wanted to bring you guys behind the scenes. So currently with school, um, I'm finishing up a certificate for chemical dependency counseling. And every time I say that, someone's like, what the hell does that even mean? Essentially what that means is once I finish this certificate, I will only have a few more classes left that hopefully I'll be able to knock out in the fall. And then um, I can submit my application with the state of Texas to be begin counseling people who struggle with chemical dependency or substance abuse. So I'll be able to start logging my hours towards my Texas LCDC, which stands for Licensed Chemical Dependency Counselor while also beginning my master's in psychology so that eventually in a few years I can become a licensed professional counselor. In the meantime, since I'm not taking any classes over the summer, I actually just recently started working with a life coach who is going to help me really fine tune the content that I provide for you guys. I do intend on launching a one-on-one -on -one alignment coaching program later this year so that I can begin working with clients one-on-one -on -one sooner rather than waiting until I get my degree. So of course I'm really excited about that, but I do want everything to be really tight and cohesive. So I will provide more information on that later when everything's a bit more tangible. So I know that people have asked if I'm going to commit to a podcast schedule. And while obviously I'm so excited at how everyone is finding the content very beneficial, um, in truth, the answer is no, not really. I still intend on releasing one to two episodes a month as I've been doing, but I've kind of envisioned the podcast being more of a support to the work that I do rather than the star of the show. So if you are looking to get a little bit more interaction, I highly recommend joining the Bright Soul community on Facebook. I am active on there pretty much daily. Uh, we have so much fun, a lot of deep discussion. Um, you'll be able to keep up with when I make a new blog post or if there's a giveaway. Um, sometimes I like to give people optional homework, that kind of thing. So if you're working on your personal growth right now, it's a solid place to be. Everyone is so supportive and loving and I'm constantly, there's a lot of really helpful information being posted on a wide range of different topics every day. So 
if you're looking for accountability and consistency, do make sure you get in there. Um, and if you have any more questions for me, you guys can email them to me at Natasha at brightsoulhealing.com. Um, and I will address them in the intro of the next episode as I've kind of been doing. So <clears throat> that covers everything. Um, moving on to the big words that I threw at you earlier. What is neuroplasticity? Neuroplasticity refers to the malleability of the brain in a sense. So it's the brain's ability to adapt by creating new neural connections. So to understand that a little further, it's essential to know that your brain has all these pathways formed as a result of one neuron communicating with another. And these pathways have been forming and changing since you were born. Every time you learn something new, your brain creates a new pathway. Simultaneously, every time you respond to a trigger in the same specific way, that pattern travels down the same neural pathway every time, strengthening it, kind of like a worn-in dirt road. The more you travel down that dirt road, the deeper the pathway gets, but it's still possible to take a different route and create a new pathway. Does that make sense? So in this way, our brains can adapt and create new habits and pathways which subconsciously this happens anyways on almost a daily basis as it is, but you definitely can also choose to encourage and stimulate the formulation of a new path. To give you guys a really good visual here, um, let's say that you learned at a young age that drinking helps you let go of stress. How did you do that? You drank some alcohol and it made you feel good, right? So one of your neurons was like, oh yes, we like this, we got no worries. So it's forming a pathway. I want to imagine that you don't drink too much through high school and college because I'm not trying to get into the conversation of addiction right now. I'm definitely going to save that for another, another episode. But let's imagine that every time you have a bad day or you get into a fight with someone or you fail a test, you just your instinct is to go out and party all of your problems away, right? So that pathway, that reaction is set in your brain. Eventually, you're going to get to a point where you're getting your shit together and you have a bad day and you're like, why do I want a drink so bad? I mean, obviously alcohol is habit forming, so this probably isn't the best example, but even if you swap that out for something else, say working out when you're upset, if you repeat that neuron communication enough, there's gonna be a time where you're upset and all of a sudden your body is like producing all this adrenaline. You're, you're like, oh my God, I have to work out, otherwise I'm gonna explode. Your body is essentially preparing you because it it's instinct is to travel down that dirt pathway. So despite the depth of the pathway, um, it is still possible, of course, to say, you know what, I did have a bad day, but I'm going to go for a run instead of going to the bar. And that new response to a trigger creates a new neural pathway. The brain is actually so amazing that even if you've suffered severe trauma and carried adverse reactions to certain triggers for years, you can still rewire it and shift out of those default modes of operation. Now, of course, with age, the neuroplasticity of the brain shows a little bit of a decrease, but the more you induce neural growth, which is simply just, you know, creating new neurons and new pathways with learning new skills or reading new books, that kind of thing, the higher your capacity is for change. Now, there was a study done in 2005 by Dr. Nandini Mundkar showing four different types of neuroplasticity in children. 
As always, I will have the link to the study posted on my blog, which, by the way, um, aside from this episode, is now fully up to date with all my references for the previous podcast episodes. The first type of neuroplastic change is called adaptive, which means that the change occurs when children practice a new skill, allowing the brain to adapt to functional or structural changes in the brain. The second type is impaired which is a change that disrupts the pathway due to a genetic or an acquired disorder. The third type is excessive, which is the reorganization of new maladaptive pathways that can cause disabilities or disorders, for example, seizures. And then finally, there is plasticity, which makes the brain vulnerable to injury. So harmful neuronal pathways, neural pathways, I'm sorry, are formed that make an injury more likely or more impactful. But because the capacity for neuroplasticity in children is increased, this is why you'll see that children recover from injury faster than adults or learn new skills, even learn whole new languages faster. As you become older, it becomes essential to maintain a healthy lifestyle and actively seek to stimulate the brain, which is capable of restoring old, lost connections and functions that haven't been used in some time, which can enhance your memory and overall cognitive skills. Ultimately, you can even see recovery from traumatic brain injuries or events like a stroke. So you definitely can promote the same positive change and neural growth at an older age, which we see thriving in younger ages. It's just going to take more effort and consistency on your part. So now that I've broken that down, you can kind of see, you know, okay, cool. Like I don't actually have to be stuck in these same patterns or beliefs or habits that have been holding me back for years. So then the question obviously becomes, how do I incite change, right? So this is going to be where cognitive training and neurolinguistic programming enter the narrative. So let's get into part two. What is neurolinguistic programming? If we look at the word programming in the sense of our brains being these awesome, powerful internal operating systems and linguistic in the sense of the language that you use to communicate with yourself and others, then NLP breaks down very easily. Rewiring your neurons through the language that you use in your internal operating system. Whoa, right? (laughs) Let me say that again a little more simply. If you want to rewire your brain, you need to rewire your language, your thought patterns, your internal and external communication. So NLP has been around since the 1970s and has been found to be really incredibly helpful in treating phobias, depression, anxiety disorders, improving your sense of personal contentment, and overcoming impactful life situations. I don't know that it has been researched as much as cognitive behavioral therapy, which is also a fantastic therapy technique, but they both show really positive results in helping people find new ways to behave by changing their thought patterns, which helps them cope with stress better. CBT and NLP are very similar in the consideration that our thoughts greatly impact our emotions and our behavior, but they're different in the sense that CBT kind of wants you to look at the problem and see what conscious changes you can create versus NLP, which seeks to change the underlying pattern so that the problem doesn't continue to appear in different ways. 
So say we were looking at a relationship that you you know, are establishing that's toxic and really needs to end. I mean, CBT is just going to be like, how can I get out of this relationship? Do I move out? Do I kick this person out? Right. So you're, you're just seeking to change the current problem. Whereas NLP kind of digs a little deeper and it's like, why do I, how did I allow this sort of behavior into my life? How can I make shifts to not invite this type of thing again? So you're changing that underlying pattern, right? So what you're going to find when you dive into which route to take is that people have critiques on both, but the ultimate goal at the end of the day, it still requires you to dive into a toolkit of different techniques in order to create internal change. So what we're going to do now is I'm going to give you some tools that you can use from both cognitive behavioral therapy and from neuro-linguistic programming so that you can start to kind of put those into effect. Um, they are different therapeutic modalities, so there are definitely skills and tools in each one that I'm not bringing up that, that are specific to each one. However, what I am going to do is kind of put together some of the more similar ones and we'll kind of create our own little technique here. So in CBT, one of the techniques is cognitive reframing, which requires you to look at a negative thought pattern and then reframe it so that it's more positive and productive. This kind of mirrors the neuro-linguistic programming technique of affirmations, which is simply coming up with a belief statement that is motivational, giving a sense of direction to something that you want to believe to be true. I actually did this activity when I was working at a residential treatment center for youth that struggled with eating disorders, um, and it was wildly successful, probably one of my favorite activities um, and groups that I've led to date. Um, I had them come up with a statement that they often told themselves internally. So you kind of want to look at your language now and identify a story that you tell yourself that isn't necessarily based in fact, right? So for example, say you're feeling really down on yourself because you see that everyone is being so productive right now and you're like, man, I really can't get it together. Like, why am I such a lazy piece of shit? whoa, right? <laughs> That's a really powerful thing to say to yourself, but so many people don't even think about it. They speak to themselves like that every day. I mean, would you speak to your child like that? Your best friend? Your partner? No, probably not. I would think that you would have a little bit more compassion and say something like, you know, hey, wow, let's dial it back a few notches. You're not a piece of shit. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Everyone's got a lot going on right now. It's okay if you didn't get everything on your to-do list done, right? At least I kind of hope that would be something similar to your response. If not, go to therapy. <laughs> so what I did there is I identified a thought pattern that was repeating constantly and making me feel like shit. And then... I kind of cognitively reframed it. So there's your CBT. I kind of made that a little bit more positive, right? And so then to take it a step further with your NLP, you want to develop an affirmation statement from that. Something to kind of like Gandalf its way right in the middle of that negative thought and be like, no, you shall not pass. So if we're going back to that example, we're going to maybe say something to ourselves like, I am allowed to rest. I don't have to be productive to be worthy. 
I am doing enough and I'm allowed to take a break. You see how much better that feels? Just like the energy surrounding those words and like the ability to have compassion for yourself instead of being unnecessarily rude and abrasive. Good, me too. So <laughs> what I want you to do is I want you to identify a negative thought pattern and then come up with a positive affirmation statement. And I just really want you to sit with it, you know, like meditate on it, put it on a sticky note, carry it with you in your journal, like just kind of try to rewire that pattern in your brain. <clears throat> so our next technique is journaling. In cognitive behavioral therapy, we look at journaling as a way to sort of keep track of our emotions. Maybe rewrite those negative thoughts into positive ones like we just talked about or keeping track of our new behaviors and how the changes we implement are helping us, that kind of thing. We're going to combine the CBT journaling with an NLP technique called SWISH. So the SWISH technique is essentially a visual, uh, this not that kind of concept. You're picturing something in your life that you want to recreate and then you're putting it next to something that you would prefer instead. So you're, you're making the ideal vision glow bigger and brighter while what you don't want kind of fades away into the background. But in writing, we can kind of call this something maybe like future self journaling or vision mapping, something like that. Um, what you're really trying to do here is you're trying to write out every single thing that you're wanting to the fullest. Get really specific of whatever it is that you're dreaming of. You know, I see myself with an amazing partner, traveling the world, being a successful CEO of this business, whatever. Get as specific as you possibly can every little detail of the ideal vision of the life that you've always wanted. Once you've done that, I kind of want you to just sit with it for a couple days, really see it, taste it, feel it. What is the best version of you look like? You know, how does all of this feel to you? How do you speak? How do you behave? And then from that, closing the gap to where you are now, I want you to come up with at least one way, just one. I mean, if you want, you can come up with more of how you can start to close that gap. What is one action that you can take, one change that you can implement that brings you a step closer? I find this to be a really powerful technique. So of course, I want you guys to really dig deep and dive into that one. And if you feel called to share it with me or you seek support in any step of that process, please reach out to me. I am here. I know it's probably going to bring up a lot for most people. Um, I, I, it did for me, so <laughs> don't hesitate to reach out. The final technique, which you guys have already heard me talk about, is meditation. So I know that you already know the basics of that, but I'm going to explain it from the perspective of CBT and NLP. In CBT, the tools that are taught relating to meditation are relaxed breathing and progressive muscle relaxation. Essentially, what you're doing is just focusing on the breath and bringing your attention to each muscle group one at a time and only moving on to the next once you feel that you've relaxed that area completely. In NLP, the meditation technique is referred to as guided imagery. So in order to combine the two techniques, what you're going to do is find a comfortable seated position, make sure that your phone is on silent and try to block off about 20 minutes of time where you're not going to be interrupted. Beginning the meditation with the four count breath, you're going to inhale for four seconds 
pause, and then exhale for four seconds. If you need to adjust the count for any reason, that's perfectly fine. Once you start to get comfortable with the pace of the breath, we're going to go into the muscle scan really briefly, starting out with rolling out the neck and then the shoulders all the way down until you feel comfortable and present and you've let go of any worries for the time being. Going into the guided imagery aspect, I want you to picture your life five years from now. Consider every aspect. Try to visualize it really clearly. Where are you? Who are you with? What are you doing for work? What are your hobbies? I want you to sit with that image for a few minutes. Take it in. How does it make you feel? That's the most important part. After a few minutes of walking down this path, um, you can imagine that when we started, you were at a fork in the road, right? And you chose path A just now. So coming back to that fork, now I want you to choose path B. Envision your plan B or get really creative and picture a totally different life path. Maybe one that you didn't think was possible from path A. Where are you now? What's different? What feels good about it? And what doesn't feel good about it? After you've kind of sat with this for a few minutes as well, you're welcome to slowly start to work your way out of the meditation. Um, and then if you feel like you want to journal any of that, um, write it down. I highly encourage that. The point of that exercise was to really try and get clarity on the life that you want to be living five years from now. And not just how it feels to live that life, but how it feels different from where you're at right now. Do you feel like you're on the path to creating that life? Or did you realize that maybe something about path A felt off to you? Maybe now you're suddenly called to path B because that felt better. This exercise helps me immensely in relieving stress from making big decisions. For example, what university I chose to complete my master's degree in. Um, I did this exact exercise actually when it came to that and it really helped me see where I wanted to be living and what I wanted to be doing. And so then of course I was able to come up with a few steps on how to get closer to the ultimate vision. So I hope that will be really helpful for you guys as well. Um, even if it's just something you do for fun to play around with, visualization is an extremely powerful tool, especially if you're able to link an emotion to it and feel that deeply. Um, as always, I'm available to you guys if you have any questions you need to email me or you want to post in the Facebook group. We have almost a thousand members in there now, and I will be doing a big 1,000 member giveaway. So, um, And there's always someone to provide an answer to your question or be supportive. It's truly a great community. I'm very thankful for it. Um, and I will do my best not to take so long on the next episode. I do appreciate all of your guys' support. Um, if this podcast has been helpful to you in any way, it would mean the absolute world to me if you could leave a review, share with your friends. I um, can't wait to hear from you guys. So uh, we'll take care and talk soon.